This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, Canada, and welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is going to be joining us in hour two. Bob, September is here a little uh, a little chilly this morning it was it's only going to be a high of 22 in the toronto area today yeah. which is i don't mind that i, I like the, uh, the the crisp cool mornings like this and there's a little more dew on the fairways as you walk out mm-hmm. if you're an early uh, early riser out there on the golf course but it's uh it's better this is far better for me than that extreme heat that we've gone through uh, earlier this year especially when it was as you were like you know 35 feeling like 40 and you play three holes and you're drenched out there and you're almost going for the tiger woods play of getting a second shirt out there and uh it's pretty wild but now we're at that time of year where it's getting darker at 10 to 8 8 o'clock and you know fall is just around the corner yeah the tea times you know we started i think we had 6 30 tea times at, at my course and now mm-hmm. we're the first time's now 7 30 so oh. it's getting a little bit a uh, little bit less uh, a little tougher to get your round in if you tee off late so it's yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, it's that time of year it's not like we should be surprised it kind of happens this way all the time it's, doesn't it? it's certainly yeah it certainly <laughs> does i mean we, we never want summer to end this has been a summer like we'll never probably face in our lifetimes again, knock on wood, hopefully. But um, a lot going on in the golf world right now. Tour championship, uh, first round in the books to Friday to Monday finish. They're ending on Labor Day Monday. We're, we're going to discuss the tour championship at length. We're going to discuss the staggered leaderboard. That was our Golf Talk Canada poll question earlier this week on our TV show. We're also going to uh, give away two MG2 wedges, the new Tiger Grind, as a part of Whoa. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Nice. I had a chance to catch up with Bill Price a little bit ago, and we're going to play that interview, and we're going to learn all about these wedges and all about how more bounce is better, according to Tiger. More bounce, better. More bounce is better for the amateur. So we'll learn all about why that is the case. Mark Zacchino is going to join us in hour two for a little winner's weird and what. But before we get to all that, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. Lots going on in the world of golf, Bob, and lots going on in the world off the golf course for one of the top players in the world, and that is Rory McIlroy, who became a father earlier this week. Yeah, and uh, Monday he and his wife Erica welcomed Poppy into the world, and um, it was sort of a... uh, a secret, really, up until the last couple of weeks, at least for the general public, knowing that he was about to become a father and kind of explains a little bit about why he was distracted on the golf course mm-hmm. leading up to it. But, hey, first round as a father, shoots 64. That's pretty good. So Poppy's been good luck so far. Poppy's been good luck so far. And, you know, we, we discussed at length that Rory seemed on the golf course like he, his, maybe his focus was off and he was saying because there are no fans. I've, I, I'm not a father, so I wouldn't know. But, I mean, having a child is such a, such a significant moment. So... I wonder if this is just going to free him up a little bit now. Maybe. I mean, uh, a lot of guys that I talk to, they say when they have kids, you know, it sort of takes the golf is everything mindset away from you. You sort of leave it at the golf course. You come home. You spend time with your son or daughter or both. And um, and it is a, a good distraction. Not even a distraction. It's a life moment. And, and, um, and a lot of players play a lot better with it. Now, mind you, 
Um, you do have some, uh, you do get a little less sleep in the early yeah. going. So yeah. sometimes maybe being on the road is not a bad thing. You can always sleep in a little bit when your uh, wife and baby are at home. But uh, everything seems to be fine. They're well taken care of. And uh, his, I think her, Erica's mother and sister are there helping out with the baby. So Rory can uh, focus a little bit on golf for the next few days. It's funny. After the round, Rory was asked how much he thought about Erica and Poppy during the round. And he was saying, oh, it's like a couple hours. I was looking at my watch saying she's getting fed right now. So he was going through that. So good for Rory. Uh, he shot 64 in round one, tying the low round of the day. We're going to discuss Rory and hear from Rory in our next segment. Uh, some other news. PGA Tour Pro-Am set to return to Dominican in a couple weeks. Pro-Am's returning. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they're doing it on the Corn Ferry and the Champions Tour, and uh, it's essentially like what the players and caddies go through. All the participants are going to get uh, swabbed and tested and made sure that they are uh, clean and healthy before they get onto the golf course. But this is you know, the evolution of what's happening. You gradually have to try and work your way back, I guess, if you feel it's safe. That's the, the most uh, important thing. And as Commissioner Fincham said this week, you know, there were a lot of times earlier this year you didn't think he was going to get to Eastlake. But uh, they've got here now, and they're progressing. And the story of the PGA Tour has been a very successful one in terms of playing without too many cases. Uh, so I think this is the natural next step. And they need it for revenue. I mean, pro-ams are, are moneymakers. They're, they're big cash dollars. Yeah, are they ever? And, you know, you, you bring up a point there where when we did all of our shows in March and April and May, when we were all remote, you know, the schedule came out and we are thinking, okay, Maybe, maybe this will all happen. Maybe this will go through. And now we're at the Tour Championship. Are, are you, how would you assess how it's gone so far? Like, this is an overwhelming success, is it not? How it's it gone? is. I wrote a story uh, yesterday for, or, yeah, yesterday for tsn.ca and sort of talked, had, had a few comments that came out from the commissioner, from players who all sort of had their doubts that they would get to East Lake. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's, you know, it's, it's every single person who's in that bubble caddies, players, tour staff, whatever all have to kind of pull together here and, and abide by the rules. And so far, they've done it. We've only had a few, very few, I think there's been seven players who've tested yeah. positive. They did say there were a few more players who've tested positive at home, and they haven't released their names just in the last couple of weeks or whatever. But mm -hmm. essentially, at the tour sites, there hasn't been a test, positive test in five weeks. So... Uh, I had my doubts that it would go this well, but I'm glad for it For sure. Every, everyone had their doubts. I, I, I mean, it was, it's, it's great that it's come this far. And, and the PJ Tour, it's, it's not going away anytime soon because the new schedule for next week, the offseason's only two days this year. Typically, it's three days. Now it's two days for the 2020-21 <laughs> season. The new schedule released. Only 50 tournaments this year. Only. Only. Yeah. It's going to be nonstop golf. The most amazing part to me is that there's no drop in purses. And... Without the fans, without the pro-ams, uh, at least up until a couple of weeks, it's pretty remarkable to think that the reserves that the PGA Tour has are that deep that they can continue on with mm -hmm. this. But um, we'll see. I mean, they, obviously the next step is they want to get fans back. We'll see if they can get to that point. But 50 tournaments, including six majors next year in the calendar, mm -hmm. which is always a little bit strange to, to when you think about it that way. But... Uh, Boy, it's uh, golf's not slowing down any, is it? Well, Commissioner Jay Monahan had this quote: "If you're a golf fan, this is a dream season with more significant events than ever before, including the Olympic Games too. This is another thing, especially for here in Canada, with so many Canadians in the mix. You know, last year we were discussing, you know, Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin in the mix. Nick Taylor wins earlier this year. Mackenzie Hughes goes on around with four top 15 finishes since the pandemic pause. We're gonna have four, maybe even more Canadians in the mix to make that Olympic squad." It's going to be interesting side. to see who gets on there, and I think those guys are going to push each other, just uh, like a lot of other countries are doing that. But it's uh, it's hopefully we can get the Olympics off and have that. 
go smoothly as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's uh, it's exciting. And then don't forget we've got uh, the women's side as well with Elena and Brooke. Brooke that'll be sure. a pretty impressive duo, I think. So uh, Olympics, six majors, 50 events. Boy, what a calendar. What a calendar it is. And, and looking at the schedule, was there anything that really stood out in particular, you know, in terms of changes, like the Florida swing, there were some adjustments. Anything in particular that stood out to you? Nothing dramatic. You know, I still... I still am interested to see how they're going to get the Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian yeah. Open, to, to, to go. If they're going to have some kind of an exemption to let the golfers in, or um, you know, who knows what the world will look like at that time. Exactly. Maybe they'll have a, a vaccine. But, um, but other than that, yeah, there was a few adjustments here and there, but nothing really out of the ordinary. Uh, the biggest surprises to me are what's coming in the fall, where you've got that Asian Tour swing basically being played in the U.S. and yeah. the Southwest, so, yeah. uh, with Shadow Creek and, and Sherwood being, being hosts. Yeah, it, it's going to be great to see uh, you know Shadow Creek host an event. We t- spoke about that last week as well. But uh, for the tournament that gets underway next week, the Safeway, some notables in the field, including Phil Mickelson, Sergio Garcia, Jordan Spieth, Shane Lowry, Matt Kuchar. Let's start with Jordan Spieth. I mean, you know, it, twenty he hasn't won since twenty seventeen. It's been such a bizarre stretch for him. I wonder if this time off, I know we had discussed maybe he needs to hit some hit and giggle, play some hit and giggle golf. What do you think about Jordan Speed? Well, I think the interesting thing is that uh, you never think about this when you think about the Safeway. It's a really nice tournament. It's in Napa, so there's lots of good wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but the important thing about this one is it's the warm-up for the U.S. Open, yeah. which is so strange to think about. But I think for Jordan Spieth, that's something he's going uh, to use and try and gear his game up again, I guess, after some time off. Uh, unexpected, perhaps, for him, did not making it to the Tour Championship. Don't forget, next week is also the return of Graham Dillette. Yes. He's going to make a comeback next week, which will be interesting to see. We haven't really seen him play much for the last two years, a little three or four tournaments here or there, but uh, he's going to give that a go as well. So I'm very interested to see what his game looks like and, uh, and see what he, can, uh, what he can deliver with that. Uh, he, he says his back's never going to be perfect, but he's just going to try and go from, from where it is because he wants to get out and play golf. So that's mm-hmm. a good sign. At least he wants to play. You know, he's worked his absolute tail off to get back to where he is, and, and backs are a funny thing. You know, you know, Tiger goes through this crazy procedure, and it's changed his life. And, you know, Dillette's, he's grinded so hard in his game. Let's hope he can uh, get back. We'll have a full, actually, recap or preview, I should say, of the Canadians on our TV show this week. We're going to look at all of them in who have their PGA Tour cards for 2020-21 and assess how, what their chances are uh, this upcoming season. Before we go to break, Bob, some great news, or some news, I should say, from the LPGA Tour, allowing carts because of some heat <laughs> well they have a major next week yep. the, the women the ana in, uh tournament out in california and normally this is played early in the year when yep. the temperatures aren't quite hot uh, this hot but they're going to be up around 40 so they've allowed the players and caddies to use carts for the practice rounds and the caddies will continue on during the tournament just be able to ride in the carts and um you know if you look on the lpga tour there's a lot of uh, a lot of obviously professional caddies out there but there's also a lot of Husbands. There's also a lot of friends. There's also a lot of local caddies. So I'm sure they just didn't want to see one of these guys or women drop due to the heat. So it's going to be an interesting look. It'll be a little different. Uh, the LPJ has allowed players this year also to have no caddies. They can uh-huh. use their push carts to, to do that because, again, that there are a lot of local caddies. So you're not quite sure where this person's been or what they've come from. Mm-hmm. So it'll be an interesting look, but I think it's a smart move. 
Definitely a smart move. We saw a couple weeks ago when Scotty Scheffler's caddy was jumping to see a, a pin and his calf cramped and he just went down. It was it was bizarre to see, but it was so much heat. And Phil Mickelson also was talking about when he was on the you know won his Champions Tour debut, oh, he could just jump in a cart if he was a little tired yeah. and go play because he was a little tired. We, and that's what the, all these guys do at home, right? Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, that's right. They play that way. And then yeah. the Champions Tour, it's, the caddy's got a tougher job because some t- he he's sort of the second choice in the cart. If the player doesn't want it, then he's got to drive the cart. Um, so it's he sort of gets to carry and to to use the cart. But you're right. The uh, you know under these circumstances, I think this is smart. Maybe hey, maybe next they'll let the players wear pants in the PGA Tour during tournament rounds or uh, shorts. <laughs> that's that, that's got to be coming at some point. It's I, com- I, I it's common so. sense. It's so hot in the summer. But uh, we'll see what what happens with, with from there. Looking forward to seeing what uh, the LPGA Tour, the ANA inspiration next week. Well, Bob, there's a bit of a, a little match play went on yesterday between John Rahm and Dustin Johnson for the second straight week. These guys are going mono mono. We're gonna hear from both of these guys after the break. This is Golf Talk. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them, and you'll see why. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino joining us in Hour 2. Bob, we're one tournament in, or one round in, I should say, <laughs> at the uh, Tour Championship. We're two tournaments in at the FedEx Cup Playoffs, the third and final tournament right now, the Tour Championship. This is the second year of the staggered leaderboard. We'll discuss this a little later in the show. This was our poll question on our, on our TV show this week. What are your thoughts on the staggered leaderboard? I, I don't mind it. I know it's awkward. Um, leading up to it, and it's awkward for the players perhaps to get their heads around it a little bit. But I think once the tournament starts, now it's just it's just a leaderboard. And uh, I don't... I like the fact that there's only one winner at the end of the week. I think that also just makes it a little more cut and dried. It's sort of weird when you have Tiger Woods and Justin Rose standing there, both winners on, on uh-huh. Monday last year. Um, so I don't know, or a couple years. It's, it's just like a weird vibe when you think about it. But then once you start playing... Right now, there's a tie atop the leaderboard. That's all I know. Yeah, it, it's fascinating, and I, I totally agree. You know, seeing Steve Sands at the whiteboard saying, okay, if this guy makes birdie here, this guy moves from first to third. He doesn't win the FedEx Cup, but wins the Tour Championship. They've had several uh, alterations throughout the years. Vijay Singh clinched the FedEx Cup years ago after two of the FedEx Cup events. Then they switched it where the top five uh, any guys in the top five going into the Tour Championship could win. Just some strange things, but you know what? Last year's duel between Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka, and, yeah. and neither guy was leading the tournament after going in going into the Tour Championship. So I, I think it's worked well, and we'll we'll see what our Twitter audience thinks of it uh, uh. a little later in the show. But the player who was leading coming into the Tour Championship was none other than Dustin Johnson, who has some pretty good form coming into this tournament. Before we discuss DJ, he shot a three under sixty seven. He's at thirteen under after the first round, tied with John Rahm. Let's hear from Dustin Johnson. You know, you still got still got three more rounds, and yeah, I mean, it was uh, obviously it was it was fun playing out there with John today. We we both played pretty solid. Um, you know, a couple of lip outs, you know, I had where you know, especially there on the last hole, I'd like to have that one back, but just didn't hit it. Just hit a poor putt, pushed it a little bit, but 
Other than that, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with the way I'm playing, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the rest of the week. So Dustin Johnson's tied with John Rahm. How about this stretch that Dustin Johnson's been on? This guy, without a doubt right now, is the best player in the world. 2-1-2 two, two, his last three of tournaments, and uh, and on different go- kinds of golf courses, um, you know, one week he wins at 30 under, the next week he's battling to sort of stay under par at all. It's just a, uh, um, a tribute to how good a player he is, and I think that the one thing that stands out for me is his putting and how he and his brother now have, have kind of really taken a little more time to read the putts, to line up, to make sure what they're doing before they go. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it certainly looks like they're referring to the green book a little bit more. Uh, he's triangulating, walking around from all sides, and Austin's giving it the uh, aim point mm-hmm. stuff. And um, it's pretty interesting, and I think that's been, to me, the biggest thing. It's always been kind of his weak link. When it's hot, it's great, but it, it's only hot, used to be only hot sort of uh, less than... 50% of the time. Now it seems like he can do whatever shot he wants. It's, it's funny you mention that too because from tee to green, he is one of, if not the fastest player on the PGA Tour. Sometimes cameras can't catch up to him because he's already over the ball and going. But on the greens, he has really taken his time. And it looks like, <clears throat> excuse me, it looks like he's Going, he's aligning his shoulders too. He's got some sort of pre-shot routine where he yeah. sort of tucks the the right shoulder back and makes sure he's online too. Yeah, there's a little bit of a softening of that elbow. I think is what he's trying to do. Is what is, they said he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, obviously he's spent a lot of time. We know he worked really hard at the PGA Championship on it. We know he worked a couple weeks ago on it. So he said, um, he's had, uh, boy, he's had a hundred different putters in his bag over the last few years too. But uh, but obviously he's settled on one that's working for him pretty well right now. It certainly is working well for him right now. And he's a member of Team TaylorMade. Another member of Team TaylorMade is John Rahm, who shot five under on Friday. He is tied for the lead with Dustin Johnson. They played together. We're, we're going to discuss that pretty epic duel between them in round one. But first, let's hear from John Rahm. I try to think of it as just a regular tournament and try to have the lowest score in, in all four days, right? Simple as that. But another way to look at it is thinking, hey, maybe it's a five-round tournament. He shot 10 under yesterday, I shot 8 under, and now we're going on four days to win everything, right? So uh, I kind of go between both thoughts. Uh, but it, it was hard the first four or five holes. You know, I was a little hesitant in, the, in everything, a little bit. and Not uncomfortable, but just doubtful of the dynamics of everything right you rarely get to hit hit your first tee shot in a tournament already two shots back it's just odd just odd and john rom the second year of the staggered leaderboard he still thinks it's just odd and what a round it was for john rom he was all off the tee he was hitting it all over the park but he really reeled it in didn't he both him and dustin actually hit yeah. did not hit a lot of fairways and to shoot what they did uh, it's pretty remarkable but you're right i think uh i think john rom uh i mean this is the extension of what we saw last week. Here it is it's, mm-hmm. it's like they had these two guys in a playoff. Now they're going head to head. They don't seem to be kind of looking at each other or, or focused on each other a little bit. But I can sense from their comments afterwards that they are sort of pushing each other all, along a little bit. And certainly when you looked at those two putts on 12 from just inside 30 feet mm-hmm. and a couple other times during the round, um, you know, there was a little bit of a smirk I st- detected on DJ's face after they kind of went one, two on top of each other. Yeah. And you spoke with that on SportsCenter last night. Just for two players to birdie the same hole five times in the same group, and a lot of times it was on the same line, it was sort of like an anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable, and it's fun to see. It's you know I don't think you'd say, you can't call this a rivalry of any kind, but when you look ahead to something like the Ryder Cup next year, with these two guys going in singles, or even in a team match with partners, um, 
the fact that they're one and two in the world, and if they are that next year, it might be pretty interesting to see. Might be really interesting to see. It's been fun to watch John Rahm and Dustin Johnson play the first uh, round yesterday. They played last week in that playoff. We'll have more on them a little later in the show. But Justin Thomas is another guy. He started last year's Tour Championship in the lead. He didn't go, end up winning the tournament. Uh, he is two shots off the pace of Dustin Johnson and John Rahm. Let's hear from Justin Thomas. I feel like I'm in a good frame of mind, like I'm in a good place mentally right now where I, I would like to feel that I would handle the golf course the same no matter what I was at, but I, I was did a good job of just kind of staying in my my uh, my game today, my focus, and, and just trying to make birdies uh, when I gave myself a chance. I tried not to look at leaderboards today, I just tried to play golf and get in my own little world and, um, and, and not really worry about what was going on and what those guys were doing or what the guys in front of me were doing because it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to trying to beat every person for 72 holes and I'm playing in this week and if that happens to beat everybody else and then so be it Justin Thomas four under 66 on Friday he is two shots off the pace and another round where he really kept it together with some up and downs on 16 and 17 from just horrendous lies and then birdies 18 now he's two shots off the pace I always find it funny when you have a golfer who shoots a good round like that and then comes back in and says you know like the Easily could have been 61 or 62. <laughs> and so when Justin Thomas said that, I was, I'm kind of thinking to myself, man, like you just don't see what you just did. Like it was a miracle that you kind of got to where you were there. But uh -huh. these guys are always want to be one better, always trying to get it uh, a little bit lower. And uh, yeah, I was impressed with, with how we held it together with a couple of good up and downs, as you pointed out. And that's, that's kind of been, um, you know, he's been able to do that so often, uh, a real mark of when he's not playing his best golf, that he can still post number like he did yesterday. And how about his caddy situation? Bones Mackay's been on the bag for a number of tournaments now, and he's done quite he's done quite a good job. No longer, I guess, on the NBC Golf Channel broadcast while he's on the bag, obviously. Now, that would be thrilling commentary to be <laughs> yeah. on the bag for that. But he's done some great work with JT. He has. He's really kind of uh, put them together. And, and um, uh, I think, you know, it just goes to show you, how, A, how good a good caddy can be for you, for a player, and how, how quickly those two got their relationship. Obviously, they've known each other for a long time through team uh, mm -hmm. events and things like that but uh you know a good caddy can can make a huge difference to a player's round it's not all just the players it's just you got to be part uh you know part course guide you got to be part psychologist uh -huh. you gotta, there's a lot of roles that the caddy's playing and obviously bones knows how, to, knows how to do it well and he was with phil for all those years now he's helping justin thomas out while his usual caddy uh, is injured before we go to break rory <clears throat> rory McElroy, we mentioned him in segment one just welcomed a new daughter into the world he was six under 64 tying the low round of the day he is four shots off the pace and after his round he had a chance to speak to the media Golf is such a such a mental game, and if you come in with low expectations, um, you know that's sort of you know that's always how I've played well. You know whether I've don't feel like my game's in a good place, or um, you know I'm not the favorite coming into a tournament, all that stuff. I feel like that's when I I usually play my best, and I can play with a bit of freedom, and uh, you know that's what I did today. He certainly played with a lot of freedom, and Bob, early in the round, he left a lot of putts sort of on the edge. It was uh, six under 64, and as we were just talking with Justin Thomas, what could have been, right? Yeah, I like the fact that the, the expectations are down, and he just lights it up his best round, you know, in, in months, and um, I think that, that uh, sometimes that, you know, taking your mind away from stuff, like we were just talking about with Jordan Spieth, can make a huge difference, obviously, for Rory it did, but you're right. How many times in the last month have we seen putts like that burn the edges? He has been so close with that putter for so long. And you're right, yesterday could have been two or three better easily. 
Um, but when you say that, you always got to remind yourselves of the ones that fall in the side that mm -hmm. uh, that maybe mm -hmm. would roll out as well. So it could e easily go the other way as well. And Rory, <clears throat> Rory McIlroy looking to become the first, <clears throat> excuse me, three-time champion of the FedEx Cup. Well, after the break, Bob, we're going to learn all about TaylorMade's new wedge line. We're also going to give away two of these wedges a little later in the show. Mm -hmm. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Every day, more golfers are playing the TP5 and TP5X golf balls. Join them and you'll see why. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN 2 and TSN 1050. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino will be, will be along in hour two. Well, Bob, 20 weeks of TaylorMade is something we do all summer here on GTC. And there's just a couple weeks left of 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Yes. All you have to do, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and you're in a draw every week to win some great TaylorMade product. Well, in our next segment, we're going to be giving away some of TaylorMade's new wedges, which have a tiger grind. And I had a chance to catch up with Bill Price to learn all about these new wedges. with Bill Price from TaylorMade and Bill. The fall line is a special Tiger feel. Before we chat about what's coming in the fall, what's it been like working with Tiger with some of the product? It's great, you know, uh, especially the greatest player ever. I, I, you know, I think in our era, it's, it's uh, fantastic. He, he's very, very tuned to his products, his equipment that he has. He asks really in, interesting questions about products. So he goes very deep. Most players don't go as deep as he does, but he really wants an advantage, and he looks for those advantages, and that's the style of player he is. It certainly is. Now, he has 13 tailor-made clubs in the bag, obviously helped with the P7TW irons, and now you have a chance to play with Tiger's wedges with the new Tiger grind. Tell us about how this came about. Yeah, so, you know, he's, he's played with a very similar grind for a long time. The first thing that he noticed from us when he came on board was uh, the milled sole that he had. So in Tiger's words, you know, he, now he can have similar, he can buy a, he can get a different wedge every single week that he wants. If he wants to have a different week, which he does, about every two weeks he changes out his wedges. Now, think about that. He's really the only player that wants to have new wedges every single week or every two weeks because he knows that there's a little bit of a drop-off in spin. Once you start using that wedge and you start going through some practice and some play with it, the, the, the groove starts to wear down. So to him, having a new wedge every week or every two weeks is really important because he maintains that performance from that groove. Now, tell you that back to the mill grind sole, instead of having someone try and duplicate that sole every time because he's got, which we'll get into, a, a, a very complicated sole. There's no way we can, uh, how skilled you are, can duplicate that wedge perfectly like Tiger wants it but having it machined down to the microns that we can do. So it's absolutely 99.9% .9 perfect every single time. Now he can trust it instead of sending him a box of 25 and he can, you know, maybe pull out two. So now he can trust it. And now he can always that that wedge and that sole is same, the same every single time. 
Yeah, every single time it'll be the same. Now, one of the big things about this Tiger Grind wedge is higher bounce. Uh, Tiger was quoted as saying, the more bounce, the better for amateurs. What do you think about this and, and having more bounce uh, in a wedge like this? Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, I think when you talk to Tiger, he plays with a lot of players, right? He plays with a lot of uh, amateur players. He sees a lot of swings out there. And you see a lot of these swings that he probably sees a lot more than we all do. But he sees a lot of steep swings out there. So this is where, you know, he's right. High bounce and high bounce and wedges is a benefit to these players that have these steep swings. So you look at it, you know, instead of digging, it depends on the conditions that you're in. So he wants, he likes a lot of bounce but his wedge has a lot of unique um, uh, twists and turns in, in the sole. So it plays low bounce, it plays high bounce. So as we get into the sole a little bit, yeah, there's a lot of differences where he can play. And the, in his words, he can be aggressive because he can be very aggressive, whether it's a tight lie, because he has 25 degrees of bounce in that leading edge. Yeah, it's kind of unheard of today. You know, most players would be a little afraid. The secret with him is he's got a lot of bounce in that leading edge. Uh, but, you know, there's other things on that sole that allows him to really slide underneath it. His leading edge that he has is extremely low. Typically, you know, the leading edges can go from about 5.8 millimeters, 5.7 millimeters high to about 6.2. And in a high bounce, it can be about 6.0 to 6.2, 6.4. His is 5.3. So it's very low to the ground, but yet has a, hot, a lot of bounce. So he can slide underneath it, but he can be aggressive is his word. So if it's a tight line, he doesn't have to worry about uh, um, or tight or soft. He's got a lot of bounce in there to, to, to play with this wedge. And as you know, being aggressive chipping is the most important thing. You see so many amateurs sort of give up on a wedge and skull it or fluff it in front of them. Uh, so really important stuff there from Tiger. Now this new wedge, it's available in custom and in 56 and 60 degrees. Is that correct? Yes, we try to be authentic to what Tiger is. Right-handed only. Sorry for all the left-handed <laughs> I think it'll come out left-handed, but I can't say, I shouldn't say that right now. But basically, we're trying to be authentic to who Tiger is. He's right-handed. It's 56 and 60. I know there's, we're offending golfers at like a 58 or 54, but the first, first rollout is just uh, exactly matching to what he has. And speaking of high bounce, there's also a new addition to the MG2 line with a high bounce version. What are the benefits behind this product? It's the same thing what Tiger talked about. It's having a whole bounce is a benefit to all these players that are very steep style swings or soft conditions, especially in the beginning of the year when you've got a lot of rain and all of a sudden you've got soft conditions in the, uh, in the turf but, or, or soft conditions around the sand because you want to start looking at your, your bunker play. If you miss a lot of greens, where am I? I'm in high rough, soft rough, or you've got uh, soft green or soft um, uh, sand. You want to have a bounce and you want to have a sole that's going to benefit you. You know, you take that soft sand and all of a sudden you take a low bounce wedge. Those two just don't, in a steep swing, it, they don't go together. And I think the big thing about wedges is getting some advice from your PGA Golf Pro. Really listen to what their players, or the, the, the pro can teach you about the type of wedges you should have. I, I hear a lot of stories that a lot of players have two different style wedges depending upon where they play. You might have a standard bounce to a low bounce on another course, but you might have a standard or to a high bounce on a different style course. Now, going back to Tiger, he wants to play the same wedge all the time. Right. That's what's unique about his wedge is his wedge, when he opens it up, it plays like a, a, like a C grind. It plays very, very uh, more, it's a little bit more lower bounce 
because even though his bounce on his overall setting is 12, it plays a lot lower than that because that leading edge height, again, is lower. He's got about four degrees in the heel, so he can slide underneath that, that under the tightest of lies, even though it has a lot of bounce around it, right? So all that trailing edge relief all adds to him uh, having the ability to hit all the different shots he wants. Now, transfer that back to what we talked about, high bounce. Yes, high bounce is great for most players out there. I think buying low bounce wedges, unless you pick the ball, if you pick the ball, that's perfect for you. But if you're, you're, you're a little steep on it, high bounce benefits most golfers out there today. And the vast majority of golfers are steep and maybe take more of a divot. As Tiger says, the more bounce, the better for amateurs. Some really exciting stuff with the wedges here. Bill, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. Some exciting stuff there from uh, Bill Price and Taylor May, these wedges. I'm looking forward to trying them out. And, and it's awesome, Bob, to see what Tiger has done with TaylorMade. You look at the P7TW iron, some people use those irons as a collective item because they're so nice. But then these <laughs> wedges, you know, you have, now you have a chance to use Tiger's wedges. Well, it's, uh, it's true. And Tiger's uh, very, very particular in, in what he likes in his clubs right through the bag. And so it takes him a while to, uh, to get to a point where he's willing to put something in the bag. We know that from his years and with that Nike when they were still in the business. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. certainly with TaylorMade, he's come to the forefront and said, this is what I like. This is what I... Hope will uh, you guys can design, and uh, now they're making it available to for mere mortals like us. It, it's it's funny too because when he was off for all those years, not really playing much golf, he was still using the older equipment. And when he came back and signed with TaylorMade, it was the first time using the adjustable hosels. And I remember him talking about just how how weird it was, how different it was that you can just instead of have instead of someone sending you twenty drivers and shafts, they can just essentially send you one head and have a bunch of different shafts and different heads. It, it's great the flexibility you can have now. Yeah, and he is—he's uh, an old school guy, yeah. Tiger. When it comes to golf equipment, he's—he's um, he's never been one that's easy to change into clubs. But he likes just you know the pure old blade look, as we've talked about with it, with his—you just mentioned with his line—and uh, it's tough to get him to switch. And and the fact that TaylorMade has been able to find him equipment, got him into the sim driver—you mm-hmm. uh, know—it's amazing how quickly he's adapted to to the gear that they have, which just goes to show you how how uh, good it is. Yeah, it's, it's some great product. And so we just learned all about those new wedges. And after the break, Bob, what we're going to do? Uh, let me guess. Give them away? We're going to give two of these wedges away Woo-hoo. after the break as a part of 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. We are live on TSN 2 and on TSN 1050. Mark Sakino will be around in about half an hour's time. We're going to discuss the first round of the Tour Championship, a little Player of the Year discussion, because there's, Bob, there's a lot of guys there. There's four or five yeah. guys really in the mix who, who could win this thing, aren't there? Definitely, definitely. It's going to be an interesting conversation because... Uh, 
I went through the list a little bit last night prepping and sort of thinking, hmm, well, there's another guy. Well, that guy, what if this guy wins this week? So uh-huh. a few names out there. There's a few names out there, and we'll discuss that. And you recall last year, the Rory versus Kepka duel. It was. It seemed like sort of Kepka might have had it, but then Rory took it near the end. It was sort of a, you know, it was a strange, it was a, an interesting debate, I should say, but I'm looking forward to having this conversation with you and Mark a little later in the show. We just we just heard from Bill Price from TaylorMade about their new wedge line, and now it's time to give away two of these Tiger Grind MG2 wedges. And Bob, the winner is Brian Carmichael. Brian, you Brian are the Carmichael. winner hmm. of two uh, two Tiger Grind MG2 wedges as a part of 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. Brian followed us on Twitter, followed us on Instagram. He won the drop. Brian will be in contact with you very shortly to send you these two wedges. And all you have to do, Bob, yeah, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and you're going to draw every week to win some great prizes. And the question I get, and we see it on the social media, just to clarify it again, is, uh, you know, I follow you guys. Do I, um, do I have to follow you again, or do I have to do something different? No, if, if you're following us, if you followed us for a week or for a year, it doesn't matter. You're in the draw, so you can have yep. a chance to win next week, and then it's running out of time. It's running out of time. So U.S. Open Saturday. So two weeks today, we are giving away a full custom bag of golf clubs you go in you feel like a pro you get all this stuff on you and you get fit to a tee of an entire bag of golf clubs that's going to be great uh for one lucky individual walk away with that fitting experience is almost better than the clubs themselves the fitting experience we've been through it a couple times but for those who haven't and are watching or listening for the first time walk us through what happens because it's a pretty cool experience well you go in and basically you start with what you're playing with now You, you sort of get a baseline i guess and you work with a fitter and these guys are super super smart guys and um they doesn't matter if you're you know people i know people get a little intimidated if they're a high handicapper or something but that's that's almost the best time to go mm-hmm. because you can make such an improvement just with the gear you're playing with cuz chances are it's probably not fit to your your specs um, but you go in and you go through a number you go right through the bag you start hitting shots you warm up obviously and then you, uh, you they kind of put you on a a whole bunch of different monitors and technician stuff and all high-tech gear, and you can see yourself on the screen. And I mean, it's it's amazing what they do. And gradually, they will just kind of work you through and change shafts and change lofts and do all sorts of different things to to gear it to the best possible uh, flight and distance mm-hmm. of your swing. And uh, then you have a set. It just goes through the bag. It's a little bit of a it's a longer experience than you think, but it's it's definitely worth it. And it's certainly uh, shaved strokes off my game. It's shave strokes off your game, my game as well. It's also cool when they hook you up to everything and, and they sort of have you on this screen. It, it's like you're in a video game. Almost. Yeah. You watch yourself and you think, do I really swing like that? But yes, you really do. So these clubs can help with your golf swing, whether you're a 20 handicap, a 40 handicap, a 2 handicap, a plus 4. This this fitting experience will change your golf game. So 20 weeks to Taylor May, 2 weeks to the day, we're giving away a full custom bag set of golf clubs. Bob, speaking of Team TaylorMade, we, haven't, we touched on this a little earlier in the show. How about the duel last Sunday? In terms of entertainment factor between John Rahm and Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's got a 44-foot putt, or just under 44 feet, on 18. That looks like it's like a quadruple breaker. <laughs> yeah. There's no chance this thing's going to go in. Bang. What, what a finish. And, and perfect, perfect speed on Dustin's. Like it just sort of fell over the lip, as you said, double, triple, whatever, quadruple breaker. And then when they went to the playoff hole, DJ's in the fairway and Rom's in the rough. And I figured, okay, advantage DJ. And certainly when they hit their shots on the green, you're thinking, okay, probably going to another hole. Uh, that putt that, uh, that John hit was, I think, it, even though it was longer, 
I actually think it was a little easier than the one that DJ sunk because it was just sort of getting it to the right point and having it fall down the mm-hmm. hill, right? And uh, but but back to back, right on top of each other, and then they go right back at it again yesterday. It, it was incredible to see, and also pretty cool how a couple different, you know, PGA Tour uh, com and Golf TV they put out some sort of pro tracer line on each putt, and especially DJs, it was like a planko chip. It was yeah, <laughs> that's right. like the way it went in. So that's that's got to be of all the finishes this year, and of recent memory, even you know. That's got to be up there. I, I think back to the 2017 Travelers, Jordan Spieth holding out in a playoff. Like, that was spectacular. And Jordan Spieth at the John Deere years ago, 2013 years ago. <laughs> but this playoff, this finish and playoff, like recent memory, that's got to be up there. There was, the greatest one I ever saw was Jonathan Bird in a playoff, and he made a hole-in-one, right? <laughs> There's a slam dunk way to try and end something. But, uh, but the best part about the playoff last week was you got number one and number two in the world. Like, how many years did we wish for a Phil Tiger playoff or you get the two top guys going at it. It doesn't happen very often. Normally when you get a memorable playoff, there's one great guy or one guy that you like, you know, Tiger and, uh, and Bob May uh-huh. uh, in the PGA and that historic uh, run that they had. But this one was, you know, mano a mano, one and two. And as I say, they're going back at it again. They're going back at it again. Another guy in the field this week who we haven't really touched upon yet is Mackenzie Hughes, who qualified for the Tour Championship. Before we talk about his round yesterday, how about the par putt on 18 <laughs> last week? This greasy, slimy putt, as he put it afterwards when speaking to you. The, the stones to, to get up and down from a pretty poor wedge shot in the middle of the fairway after a 348-yard tee shot. But to make par... And everything that comes with that, pretty special. Yeah, it was a pretty, I mean, really, the, the putt was great, but the shot before that was the one, or two shots before that, when he hit his approach into the green, really never should have been over on that side of the green, yeah. never, should, never should have ended up in the sand. Um, and he was playing with a stiff neck. Apparently he slept poorly, could hardly move and turn to the left, so he was really ailing for those first. And if you looked at his, uh, I think his, at his first seven holes, I think there were five, maybe five or six, but... Uh, shots where he hit it into the left rough and just kept going over there and going over there and going over and you're wondering what is going on here but uh, that's sort of that round playing with under those conditions kind of shows you the how he battled out and it's a little bit of a kind of microcosm of his entire year when you think about the missing nine of 11 cuts to start the season and then coming back and rallying and making it from from that horrendous start Mm -hmm. the pandemic pause and then he makes it up uh, in the last whatever 14 events to, uh, to get himself into the Tour Championship. And now, as, uh, as Mark likes to say, he's playing with house money. He, he's playing with house money because last place this week gets $395,000. That's, that's pretty unbelievable. And, you know, he shot even par in round one, and he had, he had it going through six holes. He was three under par. But he also got a pretty special text as well before <laughs> his first round, didn't he, too? That was pretty cool. When you get a text and the, the guy who signs the text just says 99, you kind of know who it is. But uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, they obviously know each other because they played. They made reference to a... A putting contest or something that they yeah. had before. So I think, you know, Wayne's out there a little bit following DJ, and he always makes he always makes it uh, a point to kind of reach out to the Canadians, whether they're golfers or whatever they're doing. Uh, I know he's reached out to Adam Hadwin before. Mm-hmm. He's done a few things in that regard to Corey when Corey won. So uh, I love that about uh, about Wayne. He's uh, he realizes what it means for someone to get a text from him, and he genuinely, when he says, I was genuinely, you know, I was watching this, we were on the edge of our seat, hoping you were going to make that putt, I mean, he genuinely means that, I think. 
Pretty special to see. And, you know, Wayne had some comments as well. I remember we were doing a Brooke Henderson little vignette essay last year, and he was interviewed about Brooke and gave these thoughtful answers of how much he watches her and, you know, thinks about how great her game is, how good she is for all Canadian athletes, not even just golfers, but all athletes to think that, you know, if, if you're out there, like, you can do this too, right? So good for Wayne Gretzky to do this. Um, of course, you can watch third and final round coverage on TSN yes. and CTV2. Third round coverage is on Sunday. It's a Friday to Monday finish, with Labor Day Monday being the finishing day. Uh, Bob, looking forward to seeing how these guys go. We, we have much more Golf Talk Canada. We have another hour left of the show. After the break, the Mackenzie Tour, PJ Tour Canada, they, they have to shut things down, unfortunately, with COVID-19. But they've done this Canada Life Series, and where it's a four-tournament series, and the winner of all the points through that gets an exemption into the RBC Canadian Open. There are three tournaments in. We've spoken to the first two winners on our show. And after the break, we're going to hear from Albert Pistorius, who won at TPC Toronto Osprey Valley. 39 years old. He has quite a backstory as well. We're going to learn all about him. We're also going to chat with Mark Zucchino, a little winners, weird and what, uh, a little player of the year conversation. I wonder, if the winner this week, is that a guarantee that you're going to win the player of the year? If it's one of DJ, Rom, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Brendan Web, Todd, maybe? Webb Simpson. Webb Simpson, especially after Brent, uh, Webb Simpson took that week off. We're going to discuss that and much more. We're going to going to continue live here on TSN 2 and on TSN 1050. We have another hour left of here on Golf Talk, and we'll talk to you after the break. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. The smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN2 and TSN 1050. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Skino is going to be joining us a little later in the show. We've discussed the Tour Championship, the first round there. Three more rounds, a Friday to Monday finish. But Bob, also on the McKenzie Tour, the Canada Life Series, we are three tournaments in the books. The, la the third tournament uh, wrapped up on Friday. And the champion of that, Albert Pistorius, now joins us on the line. Albert, welcome to the show. Congratulations on the victory. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for having me this morning. So, Albert, tell us a little bit about, uh, about what it means to you to win this tournament. And uh, you were playing in some, some pretty tough conditions out there. The wind was swirling. It's, it always seems to blow up at Osprey Valley, but I know yesterday was blowing a little extra uh, tough. Tell us how challenging it was and what it means to win in such a challenging environment. Man, it was, uh, it was definitely a challenging day, especially when, you, when I feel like you're in the lead. At the top, um, you know, you're going to kind of like want to hold that position. But um, 
on the first hole, I made an eagle, which uh, pretty much set the momentum for me. I, uh, I was between a seven and a six iron over there, and uh, I think I made the right choice, and I hit it to about five feet. And, um, yeah, that set up the day because it was so windy. So at least I had that in the bank to, um, you know, to play with and to allow for my bogey allocation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, Albert, I had a chance to actually play the same golf course you won at last Sunday, and I played it in very calm, benign conditions. I could just see if, if it got windy at all, especially with that fescue, the way it's set up along, uh, tr- along the fairways, just how difficult it was. I, was, I read that you, you said it was a, like a three-club win too, right? Actually, I think it was a little bit more, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'd like to say that um, the winds were swirling too, which made it really hard to judge um, distances. And uh, there was a lot of pins tucked on top shelf at the back of the green. And uh, if you would go over, you would be in the fescue. If you hit a little bit short, you would go down the down slope. Um, so it was just really hard to get at all the pins. Uh, but uh, yeah, I managed uh, to sneak through, and uh, yeah, even like the side winds on the golf course were, was harder. I think if you played downwind or against the wind, you can judge it a little bit better. But uh, like the side winds with all the fescue, man, it was it was really tough. I was really tired last night. <laughs> so uh, you got to the last hole and you three whacked it which I guess you thought that was going to put you in a playoff. There's no leaderboards out there, so I guess you didn't really have a lot of info as to what was going on. Um, what, was your, what was your sense when you found out that it was good enough to, to, uh, to get your win? Yeah, like it was funny. Like at hole number 15, I actually took a quick look at my phone. I normally don't do that, but uh, <laughs> I think in that situation, I really wanted to know, like, you know, what am I supposed to do? I quickly took a look, and I saw um, I saw a couple of guys at eight under, so I had that in mind. And then uh, I birdied sixteen, the par five, mm-hmm. and uh, felt like that was a that was a really um, a clutch putt. It was about like a twelve footer that I made. And then on the next hole, the par three, I I hit the most terrible shot of uh, of the tournament and put myself in a really difficult spot. And I had to hit this lob shot over the bunker, downhill, downwind. And I hit the, to about 12 feet Was a, when I, I was really pleased about that one. And then uh, it was another 12-footer. And I hit this putt. And I thought I missed it. It was probably like an inch and a half outside the hole. And I tell you what, the wind blew that in. <laughs> it, was, it was such a relief. And... On the 18th hole, I knew, like, had, like, in my mind, I had a one-shot cushion, and I three-whacked it, and it was, like, so disappointing because I knew I would, like, have to go into a playoff. And um, when I got off the golf course, I was like, there's not a lot of commotion of people trying to get ready for us to go into a playoff because normally they would let you know, and I was, like, checking out the situation and filling out my scorecard. And even after filling out my scorecard, I uh, didn't even know I won. <laughs> I was... I was trying to get ready for a playoff, so uh, yeah, that was uh, it. Was uh, it was a relief, but also a little bit of a disappointment because I I think I would have loved to show a little bit more emotion on the 18th green. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. Uh, you know, good for you, Albert. We're in conversation here with Albert Pistorius, the winner of the third leg of the Canada Life Series on the Mackenzie Tour. Your first professional victory. Given how tough the conditions were, how were you able to calm the nerves down the stretch? 
Um, so I always have like a lot of thoughts and I, I think everybody has that lot of thoughts, a lot of insecurities, a um, lot of unknown things that's going to go in, uh, uh, going on on the golf course. I think the key is just to shut those thoughts down and don't make them a permanent thing in your head. It's kind of like they're going to come and just let them go and just focus on the next shot and you know what, you can only do the best you can. And uh, I think I really stuck to that process, which uh, which helped, because there was so much going on. Uh, we can we can obviously hear by your accent that even though you live in Calgary, that's probably not your your first uh, port <laughs> where you were born. But give us a little bit about your background. I know it's it's an interesting road, and it's, it's an interesting um, for you to get back into tournament golf. But just give us the Reader's Digest version of, of how you ended up where you are. Um, so I uh, played uh, professional golf uh, in South Africa for seven years on the Sunshine Tour about seven years ago. Um, and uh, then I stopped uh, playing golf. I had an opportunity to come to Canada. And uh, I loved it so much that I, that I stayed. And at, that, and at that time, I worked at a private golf club uh, called Pinebrook Golf and Country Club. Uh, for about three years and I was teaching over there and I met a member called, uh, his name was Jason Cormack and uh, I was teaching him and we played a little bit of golf together and he asked me if I wanted to go play professional golf again and uh, yeah, he's probably my biggest support and the biggest biggest reason why I'm here. He's he's my sponsor and uh, he's also my caddy, believe it or not. (laughs) That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he wants something out of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So, okay, so you mentioned your background as well. I was doing some, some reading as, as well. You were once the sixth-ranked South African under-16 tennis player. Is that correct, too? Yeah, I actually, uh, I actually played uh, tennis for since I was, uh, what, six years old till about 17 and uh, yeah, that was my uh, that was my first love, and that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to go play on Wimbledon, and uh, yeah, that didn't turn out so great. So uh, I decided to take up golf because we were living in a small town, very small town, and uh, it was always my brother and I that played tennis against each other, and he was getting better and better. <laughs> I just felt like I stagnated, so I decided, no, this is not for me. I gotta I gotta be better. So uh, I just figured, like, I can play golf and I don't have anybody to, uh, I don't need anybody to practice with. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I started playing golf when I was 17. All right, Albert, there's one more tournament next week for the Canada Life Series. And there's a good chance that uh, you could earn the spot in next year's RBC Canadian Open with a big finish. How important uh, is next week for you and, and what would it mean for you to play in the uh, Canadian Open? Um, I think it's a, I think it's a very, very important thing for me to to be able to have that opportunity. I think it just uh, that will kind of like, it might be a potential thing to jumpstart my career. You never know until you don't have those opportunities. So uh, yeah, I'll be really looking forward to and playing my heart out for for that top spot for sure. Well, Albert, rounds of 71, 64, 70, uh, the champion of the third leg of the Canada Life Series at TPC Toronto, the Heathlands course. Congratulations on your victory and good luck in the final stretch. And hopefully we'll see you at the RBC Canadian Open. Sounds good, you guys. Thank you for having me.
Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. That was Albert Pistorius. What a victory. A one-shot victory over three players, including Yi Chow, who won the second leg. And Evan Holmes was two shots off the pace. He won the first leg of this. As well, Garrett Rank who was not a referee in the NHL bubble, three <laughs> shots off the pace. I must tell a quick story before we go to break. I played TBC Toronto Osprey Valley last Sunday, and a buddy of mine in the group was four under through 12 with a whiff. What? With a whiff? With a whiff. <laughs> Boy. So he was in the fescue and went right under the ball. Oof. Of course, he shot even. He collapsed down the stretch. But four under through 12 with a whiff is a story to tell. That is, <laughs> that is quite a round of golf. Boy. Amazing. <laughs> Four under through 12 with the whiff. I'll never forget that. Congratulations to Albert Pistorius again, and looking forward to seeing the next leg of the Canada Life Series. On the other side, we're going to just go back to the PGA Tour. We're going to be joined by Mark Sacchino and discuss the player of the year. Who could it be? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN2 and TSN 1050. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Bob, we spoke about this briefly in a break, updating my Twitter followers. I'm now at 999 Twitter followers. Come on, folks, get this guy over 1,000. <laughs> Let's have a little help. Come on, get Scully over 1,000. We need two more followers. In fact, for the person who <laughs> oh, puts no. him over 1,000, I will uh, personally... Oh. Uh, say hello to you okay. on Twitter. There you go. You get a personal <laughs> hello message on Twitter. That's not very, that's not very much of an incentive, <laughs> is it? Well, now joining us on the line, no segue for that, is uh, Mark Sacchino. Mark, how are you this morning? Uh, Adam, if Bob and I follow you, you'll get there. Yeah. Oh, that's there. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mark, we're 18 holes into the Tour Championship. Uh, this is the second year of this staggered leaderboard. Uh, before we talk about the Player of the Year, which we'll get into shortly, what are your thoughts on the staggered, staggered leaderboard? Like it? Don't like it? Okay, so I, I've been waiting to talk to both you gentlemen about this because <laughs> I, I like the staggered leaderboard in the sense that I think it's great for the FedEx Cup. And I think you know your casual sports fan can tune in and figure out what's going on, you know? Okay, DJ and Rom are tied now for the lead with three holes, excuse me, the three rounds left, and, you know, whoever finishes best on this leaderboard is going to walk away with the FedEx Cup. So I'm good with all of that. Do I think there's probably a better system? Sure, but I'm fine with this. Do you guys not think, though, that the Tour Championship now has completely been diluted and gone away and i'm so confused as to why the tour felt the need to hand out one trophy to one person on a sunday you know in a perfect world to me you'd have two leaderboards right now you'd have this fedex cup staggered leaderboard that we're all seeing and then you'd have a tour championship leaderboard where everybody would have started at even par like any other week on the pga tour and could they be the same person? Sure. 
Do they have to be? No. To me, guys, it feels like the Tour Championship has kind of been just brushed aside and just almost isn't there anymore. Hmm. Uh, but isn't that kind of what, I mean, they, they kind of wanted to get away from having two tournaments going on at the same time. And I understand that because the Tour Championship now, you don't really hear people talk about the Tour Championship as much as you hear about them talking about the FedEx Cup. So in certainly in name, I think it's gone down a little bit, which if you're the sponsor, might not be all that, all that great. But uh, I, I personally find it better to have one winner at the end of the week, one guy taking both trophies, whatever it may be. But you're right. It, the Tour Championship has kind of gotten lost in the shuffle, hasn't it? Yeah, that, that was kind of like my concern. And I understand, like, you know, it's so much easier to hand out one trophy, one guy, one winner. But I'm wondering if the Tour Championship even needs to exist anymore. Like, maybe this tournament is just the FedEx Cup final, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, in, in, you know, brought to you by Coca-Cola and Southern Company. You know what I mean? Like, the Tour Championship itself has almost been a race. In fact, in a sense, guys, it is a race. There is no real winner of this event. We don't, you know, they, they, don't, they don't lean on, okay, you know, who was the best this week in terms of just for the last four days. We're only concentrating on DJ and Rom. And, for example, what, what would who would be the leaders right now? Rory McIlroy and Abraham Answer. They'd mm-hmm. be tied for the lead with rounds of 64, the, the low rounds of the day. If we were handing out a tour championship, they'd be tied for first right now. Rory and, and Answer. But in, in actuality... You know, they are still, you know, four and six shots back of our leaders. So, anyway, I don't dislike the system. Uh, understand why they're doing it. Understand all the needs and the wants. I get it. Uh, I just feel bad that the Tour Championship, which to me, guys, used to be, you know, a pretty, uh, it was pretty big to get that win on your resume. You know, it's not a major you know, or anything along those lines, a player's championship. But after that level of tournament, the Tour Championship is, was, you know, kind of right there with the Memorial or the Arnold Palmer on RBC Canadian Open, for that matter, to have a national championship on your resume. You know, the Tour Championship was right there. Now it almost feels like it doesn't exist. Yeah, I think the one thing it's done too, Mark, it's really limited the confusion. You know, the early years, the FedEx Cup, there were, you know, the points quadruple in the playoffs, and you got Steve Sands with all these different scenarios on the whiteboard on Golf Channel or NBC, you know, talking about if this guy makes birdie here and this guy leaves his putt short, this guy could win. But if he misses this, then this could happen. And, you know, Tiger Woods almost winning the FedEx Cup two years ago when he won that Tour Championship and that unbelievable comeback that he's gone through. The guy almost wins the whole FedEx Cup. So I, I think this does, it just limits the confusion. And But to your point, though, the, the Tour Championship is this prestigious tournament, and that's more at the drain, no? Well, well what, you, what you guys are both saying is that most people are idiots and can't follow the two scoring, the double scoring no. system. And I include myself in that group <laughs> because it was a lot, it was pretty convoluted. And, and even when Steve Sands who's a wonderful guy and the biggest Washington uh, yeah. Capitals uh, hockey fan. Uh, even when he explains it, I still didn't really get it. So I'm... So I'm let me uh, ask you guys this. Yeah. Let me ask you guys this. When we watch the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, we assume that the golf viewer is smart enough to realize, here's the, here's the pro tournament leaderboard. Phil Mickelson is 18 under. You know, Nick Taylor's 19 under, etc. Oh, and let's take a look at the Pro-Am leaderboard. And you see the team event 
and the numbers are very different, and who's at the top of that leaderboard might be very different than who's at the top of the other leaderboard. So it's not like we've never done this before. So I'm just curious as to why we, we could get, you know, we could still go away with the Steve Sand stuff and, you know, the thousandth point and a tenth of a point, and if this putt drops, this guy moves to this point, and that, I get all that. But why not just have two leaderboards in relation to par? Here's your FedEx Cup leaderboard, DJ, Rom, Thomas, McElroy, answer. Here's your Tour Championship leaderboard. Board. McElroy and answer sit on top, followed by, you know, Rom at 65, da Thomas at 66, etc. So I'm, I totally agree with them keeping it in relation to par so that everyone understands what's going on and you don't need an actuary with a chalkboard to figure it out. Get it. What I'm confused about is why, you know, why the need, why do you think the obsession with just one person winning one event that day? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, guys, for all we know, this is FedEx saying we're not cutting that check anymore unless there's one person holding one trophy on a Sunday or a Monday for this matter. Well, Mark, earlier this week, our Golf Talk Canada poll question was asking about the staggered leaderboard. And of the people who voted, 42% like it, 31% dislike it, 26% need more time to decide. So it's it's been a fun conversation. I'm sure we could do two hours just on that topic alone. But always a pressing topic, now that this is officially the end of this season, this week, is Player of the Year. Mark, if the season ended before the Tour Championship FedEx Cup if before this weekend. So let's say John Rahm won the last event, so there's no FedEx Cup. Who is your player of the year? Because there are some great choices right now. Oh, God. That's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I have no idea. I literally have no idea. I, I, I don't know. Who's the argument? Okay. So who's got the most wins right now? Justin, uh, Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas has three, correct? Yeah. He would be, he would be your leader at three. Yeah. And then you'd have a bunch of guys with two. DJ, uh, Rom, Webb Simpson, DJ, Colin yeah. Morikawa, and Brendan right. Todd. Yep. Right. So, oh my lord. <laughs> you know, I... I wow. I, I only ask the tough questions, Mark. I yeah, no, that is a brutally hard question. <laughs> I think if I had to make a choice, if I had to make a choice right now on who the player of the year would be, I would probably give it to Justin Thomas. And I would do it for, do it for two reasons. Uh, a, he has the most wins, okay? Mm-hmm. And B, I think if we look at the season as a whole and who has been there from the start of the season to the very end of the season, uh, pr- uh, maybe fall, pre-COVID, post-COVID, uh, to me, you know, he and Webb Simpson would probably be the most consistent of the group, and Thomas has the most wins. Now, that being said... No major for Thomas Morikawa with the major, uh, you know. Like so, it's not like you know. It, you could go in different directions, certainly. But for me, it's JT because hey, no one else is really leaping out. It's not like we have somebody leaping out of the page here. So why not give it to the guy with the most wins and give it to the guy who kind of had his hat in the ring uh, in terms of consistency for the majority of the year? So I'll go with JT. Where are you guys going on this? What do you think, Bob? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the tough. old, the, the conversation to me comes down, do the majors mean more? And we've only had one major, which is kind right. of a weird one. Right. Last year, it didn't really make that difference, right? We, uh, we mm-hmm. had Brooks Kepka losing. <laughs> so I, I think, I think you got to look at Colin Morikawa, um, but he has really had sort of, 
I don't know. I would. I might give it to him. I might give it to Colin Morikawa. I think just because he does have the the one major victory, he's got six top tens, two wins. Uh, it's it's a hard decision though. There's there's going to be a split vote here without a doubt. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go Dustin Johnson. I mean, two wins, two runner ups. This recent run has been unbelievable. Also six top tens, eight top twenty fives, two missed cuts. Unfortunately, we'll see what happens this weekend. But it it's cool to have. This has got to be the first time in a number of years where there are legitimately five or six players yeah. who can win this thing. Typically, typically markets, you know, a two or three ho- uh, ma- uh, race, isn't it not? Or last year, two guys, yeah. right? It was just, it was, it was Kepka and it was Rory. And to Bob's point, last year when, you know, we considered that the majors would probably put the player of the year over the top and went the other way. And Rory got it. And, and they kind of ignored the, 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 the majors. Or, was last year a popularity contest, and we just know where Rory <laughs> or an anti, the, an, yeah, an anti Brook vote, an anti Brook vote, right? So I'll tell you one thing, guys. Uh, the PGA Tour is probably licking their chops right now because mm-hmm. whoever wins the FedEx Cup is likely going to determine Player of the Year because if DJ wins the FedEx Cup, now he's got three wins, one of them the FedEx Cup. If Rom wins the FedEx Cup, he's got three wins, one of the one of them is the FedEx Cup. And if Justin Thomas wins, it's his fourth win of the year and FedEx Cup champion. So I got to think that, you know, unless it's somebody other than those three that hoist the trophy or, if, you know, uh, 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 or if Morikawa comes from nowhere, which I just don't, you know, probably not going to happen. I, I got to think if one of those three hoists the FedEx Cup, it's going to decide player of the year. What I do know is that this is going to be a great conversation on Golf Talk Canada TV a little later this week, airing Wednesday on TSN. Mark, you're going to stick around because after the break, it's our favorite time of the show. It's Winners, Weird and What. And this week's edition has a special ace little appeal to it. We'll discuss that much more after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks, Mark Zucchino on the phone. We're live on TSN 2 and TSN 1050. Before we get to winners, weird and what, the start of the last segment, Bob, I had a little shout out there for um, my Twitter account, 999 followers, and now I'm at 1,005. So <laughs> the Twitterverse, thank you. And the two, the two guys behind the glass looking at us all morning. Ken and two Ben. guys who got 999 and 1,000. Yes, sir. So what? I, followed, I kept my commitment. I sent yeah. Ken a, uh, a nice message. I said, hello. <laughs> you said, hello, Bob. You just you love to see that. Exactly. It, it's, a, it's a big day for, for me. Uh, Mark, now it's uh, Winner's Weird and What Time. And uh, this week, you have the tea, my friend. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Hello, Uncle Leo. I had to do it. Had to, had to do it. Uh, okay, guys. Um, uh, my funny. devilish sick side is coming out this morning. Uh-oh. Winners, weird oh, or what? Okay. Uh, Steve Rabideau, 
okay, who is the director of golf courses at Winged Foot, which is basically the head superintendent is how I understand this position because he's the man in charge of setting up Winged Foot Golf Club, the West course for the year's, uh, I guess, next season's first major, the U.S. Open, one of two U.S. Opens we'll see in the new super season. And guys, I'm loving it. I'm loving what I'm hearing so far because, you know, in, in recent years, uh, the U.S. Open has started to lose its identity in certain places we have visited around the country. You know, once in a while, it kind of comes back to the U.S. Open we know and love, and I think this year we're going to get it. He is talking about thick, juicy rough. He is talking about a lengthened wing foot that is now going to stretch to almost 7,500 yards, which they've never played at that before. In 2006, Plus five won the U.S. Open. Jeff, Jeff Ogilvy at Wingfoot. Of course, in 74, the massacre, as they refer to it, is Hale Irwin's victory. He was plus seven. Well, today, what are they saying for this year's U.S. Open? The target guys, what they want? Plus eight. That's what would make his entire team and him happy. They're targeting a plus eight winner at the U.S. Open. Uh, I love this. Adam, to me, this is what a U.S. Open's all about. You beat the crap out of the entire field and see who's left standing. It's basically the Rocky Balboa Open. What do you think? Plus eight. I mean, we saw the U.S. Open last week at the BMW Championship. The conditions got a little easier on the weekend for the guys. But plus eight? That's extreme. I'm looking forward to this. This now Again, this this is what a U.S. If you want, you know, this, the back nine at Augusta is for eagles and roars. The U.S. Open... To steal a line from Rocky, it's about how many times you can get hit and still get back up, okay? So by weird this week, guys, I don't know if you saw it. I I put it out on social media. Two and a half weeks after my albatross, (laughs) I had, just this week, a COVID ace. Now, what is a COVID ace? Let me explain a COVID ace Mm, to you. Sounds like a drink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm standing on the uh, par three six hole at the Toronto Hunt Club. It was 142, uh, back left hole. I hit a pitching wedge. It never left the flag. It rung off the flag, straight down the flagpole, into the cup, broke the plastic lid that the Toronto Hunt is using to prevent the golf ball from falling to the bottom. It broke that cup ball, went up into the air, and landed a foot and a half in the hole. So... What has COVID, ta- COVID taken from us this year? Well, if we all sat down and did a list of what COVID has cost the planet, our, our, our personal lives, our business lives, the list for all of us and, and all of our listeners this morning would be endless. But I can add a hole-in-one to that, Bob. So, Bob, I went out on, on uh, Facebook and Twitter and asked people, what, what is this? And the consensus, Bob, is that it's not a hole-in-one and that it's not a two, it's a COVID ace. What do you think? I think you can count one and a half. I think that's what you get. And I think it's also an ad for Pin Caddy. Yes. <laughs> Just going to say that. Mark, I, actually, earlier this year, I had a shot that hit the Pin Caddy on the fly and bounced about 20 feet in the air and landed 10 feet right. I missed there the putt, of course. But yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Phil Mickelson, 62 and a half. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Championship, right? Exactly. <laughs>
That's funny. <laughs> okay, guys, and my last this week, my what is, uh, I'm going to stick with the COVID theme because, you know, we've got to learn all these new uh, sayings now and all these new terminologies of this new normal. And I'm kind of done with it, and I think we're all done with it. Unfortunately, it's still there, and we're still dealing with it. But Jordan Smith on the European tour was just shooting a 1,000. He was 11 over par uh, through 14 holes at Valderrama on the uh, European tour this week, and he withdrew after 11 holes. And he went on Twitter and he cited that it is my seventh week in a row, and he was exhausted, but he's dealing with, this is a quote, bubble fatigue. Now, I didn't know bubble fatigue was a real thing, but guys, you better get used to it. This is a new term now, bubble fatigue. He didn't feel like being in lockdown again another week in the hotel, not being able to leave, not being able to move. It sounds to me, guys, like the European tour's bubble is a lot harder than the U.S. tour's (laughs) bubble because apparently you're in full-blown lockdown. Bubble fatigue. Don't, never needed to know that term. Hope I never hear it again. All, <laughs> all right, guys. Bob, the tea is yours. All right. Well, I so, had so what to. What do I do? Just aim oh, for the oh. pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Look, it went further than your ball. I haven't done that in a while. No, I That's can't been believe years I've since stepped you've done on, that. Stepped on the Family Guy. That was terrible. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had a I had a winner all picked out, and it was Glenn Brookman, who is a golfer at Coppinwood, who last week, this is remarkable, had hole of ones. He had a hole in one on the sixth hole on Saturday, and a hole in one on the sixth hole on Sunday. Same hole, same club. I think it was a six hole. I may have it wrong there, but anyway, six iron. I know he used. And back-to-back on the same hole two days in a row. That's ridiculous. Right. But Uh-oh. I changed it because our own, our very own Dave Pooley Poolin, a hockey analyst, a great former flyer, he made a hole-in-one at Weston. Another uh, one. Where, where he's a member, and it is his second career hole-in-one, first one at Weston. And he did it in style. He did it on the longest par three, the 11th hole, which is about a 220-yard ah. hole. And uh, he rang it in with a with a little hybrid. So congrats to our boy Pooley. And Pooley got one a couple years ago, I think. I want to say two or three years ago as well. I want to say he was playing with he, Gino Retta and James. He didn't Duffy, get it at Weston. I know that yeah, he said the newsletter else. came out said he got it somewhere else. But congratulations to both Glenn and to Dave Poolin for That's that. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my uh, weird this week is a uh, is a real interesting one. It takes us to the town of North Portal, Saskatchewan. Ah which sits right on the border with North Dakota. Huh. And there's a golf course that is made history because it is in both, both places. It's in the United States and it's in Canada. So the clubhouse and the first tee box are in the U.S. and the ninth green is in the U.S. But the rest of the golf course is in Canada. So the ninth hole is actually a source of, of fame because the tee box is in Canada, the green is in the U.S., and since Saskatchewan doesn't observe daylight saving time, there are times during the year when you can hit a shot uh, and the ball lands in a different country an hour later. <laughs> but, but what they had to do this year, because, of course, you can't cross the border into right. the United States, they had to adjust their golf course. No so way! The, so the first hole, they created a temporary green, and it's only 60 yards long now. The first <laughs> hole is a 60-yard long. It, went, it used to be a par 5, now it's a par 4. And, the cl- and they also did the same thing on the uh, ninth hole, and they had to build a new green or yeah. another temporary green there. Uh, so it's a very strange. They can't go into the clubhouse, so when, they, so when people come to the golf course from Canada, there's an honor box where they put their $10 in. It's only $10 to play. I might go move Sounds up. like a road trip. Yeah, yeah. it's out there. Yeah. 
And they said it's been a challenging year, but imagine that, having to adjust your golf course to take it out of the U.S. and put it in Canada so you can play. Now, that is weird. That's, that is definitely <laughs> weird. And my what this is a question for you guys. Ooh. Do you know what happened 21 years ago today? 21 years ago, so 99. Good math there. 1999. I'm going to guess that because we're... No, it's September. It's not. I was going to say it might be Tiger versus Sergio in 99 at Medina, but that oh. was in August, and we're now in September. So that's like, oh, could it have been Tiger Woods six iron at Glen Abbey? No, you know what it was? Oh. It took place in Vancouver, and Mike it was Weir? Mike Weir's yeah. first win on the PGA Tour. He won the Air Canada Championship 21 years ago today. And that was, of course, a broke the, the long streak of Canadians winning on home soil. We often forget when the RBC Canadian Open spins around that, yes, a Canadian has won on Canadian soil. Uh-huh. Mike Weir did it at the Air Canada Championship at Northview Country Club. And Northview uh, had a little uh, celebration of that, honored Mike with his victory. So uh, seems, man, he, it, it, hard to believe it was 21 years ago. But there it is. Wild. Uh, Adam, you're up. You have the tea. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves, and I got to step on one here. <laughs> Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Okay, gents, we talked a lot about hole-in-ones today or COVID aces or regular aces. There was another ace by an NHL player. Michael Stone of the Calgary Flames had his first ace on a par four. Wow. 16th hole at Mickelson National in Calgary, 318 yards from the back tees. That's pretty good. Big hitter. But Troy Brower, so current NHLer, former teammate, he tweeted, celebrated with some customary beers, maybe for the hole-in-one, maybe to forget the triple he got on the next hole. (laughs) (laughs) Slam. (laughs) Mark, have you ever come close to getting a one on a par four? Uh, yeah, a couple times because uh, the course I play at, as you guys know, has some drivable par four, so I've scared the whole <laughs> first time. And I know how that feels, though, by the way, guys, the triple, because just a couple weeks ago after the Albatross, I bogeyed the last two coming home, like oh. total gag fest. So yeah. I, I get it. It's it's not an easy game, guys. It is not an easy game. It sure isn't, but congratulations. Calgary Flames defenseman Michael Stone on your hole-in-one on a par four. My weird this week goes to Phil Mickelson. He's He's been great on social media, but he sent a pretty cryptic tweet out earlier this week, and I'm going to read this here. Dear Tiger, thank you for all that you've done for this great game of golf. No one has benefited more than me, and I just want you to know that I appreciate you and all you've done. That's all. Thank you. So, out of this, I was thinking, is Tiger retiring? Is he done? Is Phil done? Like, do you see this, Bob? What do you think of this? I, the first thing that came to mind was maybe uh, Phil took the wrong... You know how he chews that CBD gum? Well, maybe he <laughs> chewed something that had THC in it or something and made a little mistake or something. I couldn't figure it out. It was weird. Yeah, but Mark, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm with Bob. I'm like, it's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre timing to just come out with something... Uh, which is true, 100% true and honest and complimentary. So there's nothing wrong with it. it. The timing's just weird. And You know, obviously the first thing people go, does Tiger, does Phil know that Tiger's retiring? Or is this Phil just acknowledging that, hey, he just went on the Champions Tour, uh, made a large bucket of cash for playing four rounds of golf in what he would feel to be a very easy environment, and maybe he's just saying, hey, Tiger, if it wasn't for you, maybe I'm not in this position making all these millions right now and the, ch- and, and, the, and the Champions Tour is even healthier than it was 20 or 30 years ago. And yet, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rifting here. I'm rifting, but I don't know. 
Very weird, guys. Very weird for sure. Now, I actually sent a tweet to Phil Mickelson earlier this week. I sent a workout video to him, hoping to get a response, telling him I had my coffee and my calves were activated, but he did not respond to me. (laughs) I mean, after what's gone on on Twitter this morning, maybe I'll get a response from Phil at some point uh, later. My what this week goes to a tweet from Harry Higgs. So the No Laying Up podcast actually tweeted out the purse of all the... Uh, the top 30 guys, the Tour Championship, what they come home with. So obviously first wins $15 million, 30th wins 395000 So you're getting paid this week. Harry Higgs, who's got this great personality, he's been on overdrive here on TSN 1050 talking about his love for celebrating and maybe the odd Tito's on the rocks. <laughs> he tweeted back saying, thanks for ruining my day off, guys. Now I have to go out and practice. Quite a response from Harry Higgs. Mark, one of the new great personalities on the PGA Tour. Not just that, guys, but we were talking about this uh, at the Northern Trust because, you know, Harry was coming down the stretch. They're having a bit of a bit of a difficult time with that 70-second hole. But if you look at Harry Higgs and just see him stroll up, the last thing you're thinking is professional athlete. We were trying to come up with, what, like, Harry Higgs' profession. Like, what would you mm. – where would you put Harry? We can't come up with that, but he's a character, really well-liked guy, funny guy, uh, you know, good on him. We need more of that, right? He also pokes fun at himself as well because he often, when he wears a golf shirt, he unbuttons all of the buttons and just sort of, yeah. So <laughs> Harry Haig, whatever works for you, right? He's the new Tim Heron. He's the new Lumpkin. Yeah, that's yes. pretty good. He's, yes. he's the new Tim Heron. Well, Mark, uh, enjoy the weekend coverage, the Friday to Monday finish, and we'll see you in person, in studio this week say, for Golf Talk yes. and TV. Guess what this week is, guys? You're back. They're letting me out. They're <laughs> oh, letting boy. me out. I'm out there and I'm loving it, Jerry. I will see you guys <laughs> in studio this week. We'll, we'll see you this week, Mark. Thanks for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Later, boys. Okay, Bob, on the other side, we're going to wrap up today's show and do a little leaderboard updates from around the world of golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, live on TSN2 and TSN 1050. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Time to talk, discuss some leaderboards across the world of golf. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club, award-winning championship golf in the scenic Rouge Valley, just minutes from downtown Toronto. Flexible, affordable, memorable. There's never been a better time to join Cedar Bray Golf Club. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Bob, let's start with the European Tour. All right. Over in Europe, they are uh, playing in uh, Valderrama at the Estrella Dam uh, Andalucia Masters. So something like that. How was that? (laughs) Not bad, right? It was pretty good. Uh, John Catlin, who's from the United States, he has a a three-shot lead at the moment. He's four under par. And Lorenzo Gagli, who is uh, the only other player under par at one under par. Everyone else is over par, including... Right there, Jamie Donaldson, Martin Keimer, Soren Chelson. So there's a few 
names they're hunting down, and uh, no Canadians in the tournament this week. I guess Aaron Cockrell took that week off. Mm -hmm. The uh, Corn Ferry Tours in the Lincoln Land Championship presented by LRS. Charlie Saxon has a two-shot lead, and they're going low at this tournament. Charlie shot 61 Ooh. in the first round, and yesterday there were three players who posted 62s. Uh, top Canadian is Jared Dutrois, who Monday qualified yes. and went 70-65. He's tied for 16th, also in the field. Tied for 24th, Adam Svensson. Tied for 50th, Stuart McDonald and Michael Gligic. And uh, that's it as far as Canadians go. On the Canada Life Series, the McKenzie Tour, they wrapped up their third leg of that Canada Life Series on Friday at TPC Toronto. Albert Pistorius, who joined us about 45 minutes ago, he is your, is your champion there. Rounds of 71, 64, 70, a one-shot victory over Callum Davison, Andrew J. Funk, and Yi Chow, Evan Holmes, and NHL referee Garrett Rank finishing just behind them. Uh, congratulations again to Albert. The, of course, the champion of the Canada Life Series gets an exemption into the RBC Canadian Open in 2021. Very, week. very exciting times. Of course, the PGA Tour Championship, sorry, the PGA Tour Tour Championship. Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, 13 under par, tied for the lead. Justin Thomas, two shots off the pace. Rory McIlroy, new father, he is four shots back. Xander Shoffley among those who are five off the pace. Canadian Mackenzie Hughes in the field. He's at even par. He is 13 shots off the pace. It's going to be a great week regardless, playing with house money, as Mark said on our TV show uh, earlier this week. Bob, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues here on Golf Talk Canada. Brian Carmichael's taking home two of TaylorMade's new wedges. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Two more weeks and two weeks today, we are giving away a full bag of TaylorMade gear. You know what's the only thing more exciting than that right now is the fact that you got to 1,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> And, and are just busting through that, Mark. Going to 1,005? Is that what you are? Is that where we're at now? Something Live like update here? Yeah, 1,005. Wow. 1,005. The Twitter, Twitter verse, thank you very much for watching and listening. <laughs> I really, really appreciate it. Bob, only a couple minutes left here. I, you played some golf earlier this week? Uh, I played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was a mixed oh. bag. Um, unfortunately, I am yeah. on the shelf yeah. on last night walking home. Uh -oh. and, and no... Uh, no Foreign substances, Bob, just <laughs> tripped and uh, fell on my ankle and really did a good number on it. So I think I'm going to be on the shelf. I had a lesson planned after this show, but that's not going to happen this morning. So, um, yeah, I'm going to just... Uh just going to be watching golf and reading books, I guess, okay. for the next little while. Watching no, golf? You'll no running, no golfing for some, a bit. Some visualizing, some ice, perhaps. I actually, I, I tweeted out a, uh, a video of my swing from TPC Toronto, and I got a response from Ralph Bauer, PGA Tour swing coach. What did he say? Uh, he, he gave me some tips on my pre-shot routine. That Very was, nice. That was, a, that was sort of making my spine angle go off, so I've played one round since, and it's gone well. So. I talked to Ralph this week. He's actually working with Mackenzie Hughes now, adding to yes. his stable. So. Yes, which is very which is very good and i also i mentioned last week i had 77 putts in two rounds so i've gone the last two rounds with the claw ah you're so, following in mark's footsteps trying to find yeah. something that works so at some point i'll be putting blindfolded and <laughs> left-handed probably yeah, right. but i'm actually off later today to deer creek playing with nice. hound dog harrison the stats yeah. guy on the jay and dan show and scott hart one of the highlight managers here wow or senior highlight managers it's a big group it's a big group it's going to be a great day it should be a nice day of course bob you can watch the third and final rounds of the tour championship on tsn and ctv2 that's where you can watch it of course you can watch bob on sports center tsn.ca throughout the week weekend 
And then, of course, Golf Talk Canada. We're back next week on TV. We're going we're gonna to recap the Tour Championship and preview the upcoming season. Bob, thanks for a fun show today. Thank you. And to everyone, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Golf Talk Canada. Estrella dam uh, Andalucia Masters. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf, ready for sport. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.